0: Every response we have in life is either out of love or out of fear. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Bill Johnson again. And he's talking to us about tearing down strongholds and how basically every response that we have in life is either out of love or out of fear. And I know that's to be true because I know so many times I respond out of fear, especially, honestly, when it deals with finances. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we don't have enough or whatever. But I know, like, the more that I get to know God, the more I know His promises, then I can respond out of the loving Father attitude that I know that He has towards us. It's a great message. Here's Bill.
1: Here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about spiritual warfare, specifically the mind. How many of you have learned that the battleground is the mind uh, in in spiritual warfare? The Bible uh, instructs us very uh, specifically what to do in spiritual warfare in the area of the mind, taking captive thoughts, those kinds of things. So I've got three areas of Scripture. We may only read one of them and then I'll quote the others uh, just to see if we can save some time on this one. So go uh, to Second Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read a couple of verses out of there and we'll, uh, we'll just get started. The basic premise for what we're going to study is in these verses, the Apostle Paul talks about pulling down strongholds. If you would picture a stronghold, a, uh, like in biblical days, Old Testament times, there'd be a walled city or perhaps a castle comes to mind. <laughs> Maybe I've watched too much TV, but a, a big place where an army or a battalion can hide within this castle. And these castles, these walls of cities are made of huge stones. And the Bible talks about tearing down these strongholds. And these stones basically, according to this passage, these stones are basically thought patterns that war against the knowledge of God. These are ideas and ideals that are in conflict with what God says. And, uh, and the enemy actually inhabits these realms of thought a stronghold is where an army will rest so that they can go out from there and do exploits so it's a resting place where so the enemy hides safely in the thought life not the imagination in the sense that you're imagining this but the reality is in the in the broken thoughts of people inconsistent with the knowledge of god it's where the enemy is concealed and is safe to hide. And from there he works to kill, steal, and destroy. So let's take these passages and then I'll, uh, we'll just start talking. All right. I should probably turn to that chapter myself. Here it is. 2 Chron- uh, Corinthians, not Chronicles, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Look at verse 4 and 5 again. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, some of the translations will say reasonings or imaginations. <clears throat> casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So here is this picture of dealing with ideas, thoughts, thoughts that are completely separate from the ideas of God, the thoughts of God, the plans of God. Let me back up. We can't afford to entertain thoughts about us that he doesn't think about us. The moment we do, we entertain a lie and we actually war against the very purposes of God in our life. When we dwell on, feed those things that are contrary to his word over us, we actually war against. That's why the Bible says the flesh set on, excuse me, the mind set on the flesh is death. It cannot obey God. It cannot obey God. So the mind that is contrary to the purposes of God actually sets us up for failure, sets us up to be incapable of doing the very commanded direction that the Lord has given us. So here the scripture gives us this picture, the picture of strongholds being pulled down by taking thoughts captive and specifically casting down. It's a violent term, casting down thoughts imaginations, reasonings that are inconsistent with God. It's the target of the Lord for you and for me every single day of our life. He is looking for you and me to know the mind of Christ and to live as a model or an illustration of the mind of Christ. It's not just that we think happy moral thoughts. That's that's, that's a no-brainer. That's absolutely true. But he thinks completely different, completely different when he warned the disciples, not warned, excuse me, when he began to teach them about the influences, the potential influences in their life that were negative, he warned them in Mark 8, he said, be careful of the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees. Be careful of the religious system where God is at the center, but he's impersonal and powerless. And be careful for Herod, the political system, Where humanism, it's humanistic in nature. Be careful for these influences over the way you think. And so he began to talk to them with this analogy about leaven. And the disciples responded in fear because they didn't have enough food for lunch. So they only slightly missed the subject. (laughs) He was talking to them about influence on the mind. They thought he was talking about, did you bring food for lunch? So they completely missed the lesson entirely. And they started doing fear. Now, every response we have in life is, is either out of love or it's out of fear. It's either love or fear. Love or fear is the source of our words, our responses, our directives in life, the things that we pursue, the things we choose not to pursue. It's either because of love or it's because of fear. Some, In some way, one of those two realms have influenced how we think and see. So when Jesus talks to his disciples, they're now in fear mode because they don't have enough food for lunch. Jesus asks the question. In the New King James, it says, why do you reason that you have no bread? New American Standard, why do you discuss that you have no bread? That word reason or discuss comes from the root word that's found here in this passage in 2 Corinthians. Corinthians imaginations, speculations, high things that have been raised up against the knowledge of God. So here he's saying, why is your reasoning at war with my world? You are considering and dwelling on a reality that violates how I live, how I think, and what I've assigned you to do with your life. Amen, Bill. That was a very good point. All right. So Jesus is challenging their thinking. When you first get saved, the first thing we start dealing with is what we think about. If we find ourselves thinking with hatred or with greed or lust or envy or whatever it might be, those things get exposed to us. But after a while, we start finding out God is not just interested in the individual thoughts He's interested in the process of thinking, the way we think, the way we view things around us. The disciples are in a boat with no more than one loaf of bread. They don't have enough food for lunch. They go into fear mode. Jesus says, why do you reason that you have no bread? And then he reminded them they were with him when he multiplied food for thousands and thousands of people twice. Why do you reason that you have no bread? Why does your imagination start with what you don't have? How many of you have been in a financial crisis before? How many of you have had God do a miracle and provide for you? How many of you after that financial crisis you had another one, even though God answered the first one? How many of you were as nervous the second time as you were the first time? All right, that's the point. That's his question. Why do you reason? Why didn't you change the way you think because you saw my nature? See, we tend to think that the miracles of God are temporary interventions. Instead, they are revelations of nature, the nature of a God who makes covenant with his children.
0: That was Bill Johnson, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Bill Johnson tearing down strongholds. You can also find out more information at his website, BJM.org. Have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.